1: Honest, real, raw, true conversation and prayer with God.
2: You go down into the water, and when you do, the old person dies, you come up out of the water as a new creation of Jesus Christ.
3: Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. Now is a great time to grab your weeklies and head to your seats if you haven't already, because the service starts in 90 seconds.
1: I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free.
4: Pursue a relationship with him. Grow in your walk with him. Get closer to him. Spend more time with him because he's better. If you want your life to get better, then get around the one who is better. Get around Jesus. Get around the one who has power to change and transform your life. Get around the one who has the perfect grace for you and the perfect love for you and the perfect joy for your soul. Listen, he is better.
0: Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We're so excited about today's service. We believe this could be the best and most impacting hour of your week. Throughout the service, you may have some questions, comments, prayer requests, so go to churchexperience.tv connect or pull out your camera app and hit up our QR code to connect with us. Or you know what, better yet, if you always want to know what's going on here at CE, just hit that subscribe button right here. We would love to hear from you, get back to you, and be praying for you. We're ready to dive in, so would you stand with me as we sing some songs of worship to Jesus?
3: Save within your name, and this we know. This we know. You promise never to forsake what you begin, you will sustain. And this we know. This we know. stronghold freedom is ours when you call his name Jesus
2: coming out upon the waters, the great unknown, the Yes, it's right where we're at where we might feel unreachable Lord be with us in that moment Father God we just want to thank you we want to honor you Lord we want to give you our lives we just surrender to you we give you all that we are
4: Here we are at our final week of Top of the Charts 2022, and I'm kind of sad because I don't want this series to be over. I love it so much. We, We focus on the lyrics and the messages that are being played throughout our communities, and we take those song lyrics, the songs that are being listened to by your classmates and your coworkers, and we process them through God's Word, and every week, we bring it back to Jesus. And I just love what we're doing here, and so we got one more of those messages this week, but then we move on next Sunday, and I'm really looking forward to this. It's a new series called Rebounding, and we're talking about bouncing back from when you face hard times. And so I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you'll join us every week throughout November. And then we have the holidays coming. I'm really excited about our Christmas series. Uh, this year at our central campus here in Dunedin, our services for Christmas are going to not be on Sunday, Christmas Day, but they're going to be on Christmas Eve at 9:30 and 11 a.m. That's Saturday, Christmas Eve, December 24, 9:30 30, 11 a.m. Uh, I hope you'll get on your calendar and think of who you can invite. It's gonna be a powerful, powerful next couple months. I'm really eager to get after it. Well, today we're finishing up top of the charts and the song that you just heard, Bones by Imagine Dragons, is an amazing song. And there's a reason why it was topping the charts and, and an amazing song. I mean, it sounds good. It's got some great lyrics. It's a really interesting song. But unfortunately, this song was really birthed out of tragedy. Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of the band Imagine Dragons, lost his sister-in-law, Alicia Reynolds, to cancer in 2019. Uh, not only that, but he lost one of his best friends in life through a tragic death. And both of these people who were very close to him personally uh, left him pondering death and life and mortality and eternity. And, and Dan said of this song, You Just Heard Bones, he, he said this, he said, Bones is a reflection of my constant obsession with the finality and fragility of life. Reynolds said of the song, I'm always in search of some evidence that will convince me that there is more to come, that life is truly eternal in some sense. You know, the song finds Dan hoping that he'll be reunited with his loved ones in an afterlife, whatever that might look like for him. And he uses lyrics like this to express his feelings. He says, Wait until the reaper takes my life, never going to get me out alive. I will live a thousand million lives. Go ahead and throw your stones because there's magic in my bones. He's hoping that what's inside of him, what's deposited inside of his bones and his life is something eternal, something that will last, something that will ultimately bring him to a better place where he's around his family and his friends once again. Well, today we're gonna talk about something that's so powerful and critical for all of us, not only for our present life, but for our eternal future. We're gonna talk about beliefs, eternity, and ultimately we're gonna talk about hope, the hope we have in Jesus. So if you wanna follow along with me, I encourage you to power on your Bible and uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter four is where we're gonna be. If you wanna open up 1 Thessalonians chapter four and God's word, we're gonna begin in verse 13. It says, brothers and sisters, there's a really, really helpful passage of scripture in God's word. It's, you know, it talks about you know death and you know, what happens when we die and, and all these sorts of things and he says, "I don't want you to be uninformed about what happens." and you know it's, it's, it's good to mourn when you, when you have a loss it's actually really therapeutic for you it's, it's good to cry it's good to get it out and, and, and just to mourn it so that you can ultimately move on into the future God has for you it's healthy to mourn, it's normal to grieve, but christians we don't grieve the same way that people who don't have faith grieve when death happens. We, we grieve differently. And here it says it in 1 Thessalonians, you know, we, we don't grieve the same way. We, we don't mourn the same way. You know, our, our beliefs really impact how we grieve. Um, there's a the quote that I came across by Randy Alcorn, Christian author. He says, while Western atheists turn from belief in God because a tsunami in some other part of the world caused great suffering, many brokenhearted survivors of that same tsunami found faith in God. This is one of the great paradoxes of suffering, that those who don't suffer much think that suffering should keep people from God, while many who actually suffer a great deal turn to God, not away from Him. What an what interesting statement that, you know, we think that the death suffering tragedies all these things that are experienced by people in the world outside looking in we think that those would be the kind of things that would keep people away from god but the reality is it's it's more an issue for those who watch it from a distance those who are actually in the midst of suffering maybe mourning tragedy that they're close to it's it's in those moments that they're actually drawn to god and i think a big part of that is that they they recognize like dan is wrestling with here the the fragility of life you know how fragile it is and and, and you know, we get lost in all the other distractions of life, but when you're faced with with grieving and mourning something that you lost, and it doesn't have to be life, it could be loss of something that really mattered to you. It's, it's in those moments that we process things differently. However, those who believe when we process grief, we don't process it, process it in the same way that people who don't have the Lord process it. If you don't have faith in God and trust and knowledge of what He offers, not only in this life, but in the afterlife, then you grieve in a different way because it is final. It's the end. And, And here's what I'm trying to say. What you believe determines how you grieve. What you believe determines how you grieve. Whether it's the loss of life or some other setback in life, whether it's a loss in your health or your finances or a friendship, when you experience loss as a believer, it's different because all of our hopes are not hanging in the physical material things of this world, even our very own lives here on earth. Like that's not the end for us. That's not the end all be all. We have hope for things beyond this life. We have hope for things that are greater than the best things in this life. We have hope in Jesus and that hope will never disappoint us. That hope will never fail us. Many of you know that I recently had a knee surgery and before I went under the anesthesiologist was was going through a checklist of health concerns just to make sure that I was ready and okay to go under with this anesthesia. And so the list was long and exhaustive. You know, everything from, you know, heart, do you have heart problems? Brandon, do you have any blood pressure issues? Do you have, just on and on and on, all these different things. And, and, and the list was long, and I already checked off a bunch of these things on, on the pre-check list, was saying, no, 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 I not have any of these problems, and now they're doing it again verbally, and then the, the anesthesiologist, he says, so, Brandon, do you have any of these issues? And I just kind of laughed and I looked at him like, I don't have any of those issues. You just haven't named all of my issues yet. <laughs> it's not that I don't have any issues. You just haven't named mine. <laughs> so we had a, a little laugh about that. But, but you know, when you, you go into a doctor, most people, they, they, they have all of these different potential things that your doctor might want to know that you've had, whether it's prior surgeries or prior health problems, the current issues with your body. And they, they want to know what everything that has gone wrong or is going wrong inside your body so they can best help you. So because of that, there, there could be sometimes a 100 different boxes to check. And for most people, you have far more things that you're checking no to. No, 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 I haven't had that. Yes, I've had this. No, 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 yeah, I have one of those, but no, 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 I haven't had that. And, but most of the things that you're checking are no, I haven't had that. And, it, and it's really interesting situation because you come in with a problem, but then you see all the other problems that you don't have, and it causes you to be thankful. You're like, wow, thank you, God, that I don't have all of these other issues. I, I do have a couple of these things on here, and i got to get this one taken care of, and that's why I came to the doctor today. But thank you, God, that, that all of these other things that could be wrong with my body are not going wrong at this point. So, so thank you for that. It, it's a change in our perspective. It's a change in how we view things. You know, our, our perspective is, is really a point of view. It's the point from which you view things. And, and belief in God is a perspective on life that changes radically everything else that we see because it's the point on which we stand. The place where we stand is on God and it's solid ground. And as we stand on that solid ground with faith in God, we see the whole world differently. We see life, death, eternity. We see everything differently. It gives us hope ultimately when we when we focus in on what God teaches us about life and tragedy and all the things that we experience in our life. Now, belief doesn't change everything in my life, right? Like belief doesn't change every problem just because I believe in God doesn't mean I won't have problems. It doesn't change everything, but it does change how I see everything. There's, it's really important that you understand the difference in that. And not all people who are new in their faith understand that, right? Because you have friends maybe that you've kind of had some of these conversations with, maybe someone who was new to their faith or outside looking in. And, and they're like, yeah, I, I believe in God or I want to believe in God. But then, you know, I prayed and then this this problem happened in my life. God didn't answer my prayer. He didn't heal me right away. And he, he didn't take care of my loved one. that And they, they passed away. And so they're grieving it. And they're like, well, I don't know if I believe in God because he didn't cause everything to change in my life. And, and God never promises that by believing in him, he will change every problem in your life and make it go away, make your life an easy road. He doesn't promise to fix every little problem in your life, but he does promise that your belief in him will change the way that you see everything. It's the renewal of your mind, that the transforming of your mind because you're no longer conforming to the pattern of this world. The way we see things in the world, our point of view before Christ. Now we have a new perspective, a new lens to see things through. And so once we place our faith in him, it radically changes how we see everything else. And, and one of the big tests of where you're at in your spiritual major, uh, journey and your spiritual maturity is, is as you are seeing the different issues in your life and in our greater world, is how are you viewing those things? When, when you mourn, when you grieve a loss, when you, when you go through a crisis, do you see it with a different lens than what you used to have? Do you understand it from a, a bigger, broader God perspective? God's trying to grow us up in how we see things and it's so powerful. I wanna look back at this, this verse again. He says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, we'll put it on the screen for you here, you can check it out. He says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. He says, I, I don't want you to be uninformed. So kind of the root of that word is, is informed or inform, information, right? It's like, I, I don't want you to lack the information you need about death and life after death. I, I don't want you to be uninformed because if you're uninformed, then that puts you in the camp of what he says, these, these other people who don't believe in God, right? He's like, you don't want to be uninformed because then when you grieve loss, you'll grieve it like they do. They, how they grieve loss is that's it. It's final. It's over. I don't have any hope anymore. But He says, we don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We We have something different. We have hope because we see things differently. Belief affects everything in your life. It's, it's not just a perspective change, the point from which you're viewing things like we've talked about, it, it also radically touches um, your actions and, and how you respond because your beliefs always inform your actions. The other day, I, I grabbed a, a bag of cereal out of the kitchen and one of my, my kids was asking for it and I just grabbed it out of the pantry and I, I tossed it across the kitchen. And, and I thought this little bag of cereal was all rolled up and it was sealed, it was good, and I was just tossing it, but, but it wasn't. And so I tossed the bag of cereal and cereal flew all over our kitchen and it made this this massive mess. And I'm like, oh no i gotta clean all this stuff up right i was just having fun and tossed it to my child and i thought it was gonna be fine i thought it was closed up but my belief what i thought right was incorrect it was inaccurate and so then there was a, a scattering right there's there was, there's was there consequences to that and and our, our beliefs are so important because our beliefs they they fuel our action and you believe a certain thing so you you take action and if you have the wrong belief if you're uninformed Right? If you're misinformed, then you can step and take action and do certain things, live a certain way. You can get mad at God and say, well, God, this is all your fault. I can't believe this. And people push away from God. They run away from God. You might have friends that have been in this boat. Like, and, and it's because they're uninformed. Their perspective, right, and, and needs to be shaped. They, they need to come to God's word and understand in a new way what they've been looking at from the wrong way. And he says, I, I don't want you to be uninformed. And why ultimately? Why does he not want us to be informed? Because it's like those who, who grieve, those who grieve a loss, and it, it could be you just grieving a loss of a job or a loss of a season of life or the loss of your health or someone you care about. But, but when, you, when you go through a loss and you're, you're grieving it, if you're uninformed about God's perspective on that, then it causes you not to have hope. You, you don't have hope. But, but when you see it from God's perspective, even though you still mourn it and it's good to mourn it and grieve it, that's okay, that's normal. But it's not that you're without hope. You still have hope. That's why you can hear some believers, it's almost like, how can they say this? Because they're going through some really hard thing and you're like, man, th- th- this is hard. There's no getting around that. I-, I would never choose to go through this. But God is with me and I know it's gonna be okay in the end. And you look at him like, how-, how could you have that perspective? It's because they have hope. They know that God's best is always yet to come over the horizon. It's, it's always yet to come. Even if this whole life was suffering, we know that we have eternity in paradise to look forward to where God says there's no more pain or suffering. There's no more death or dying. Like we'll be in God's presence forever, right? I mean, so so we have something great to look forward to and it's not just way out there. It's right here. We have God with us here and now. The Almighty, the shadow his presence of, is, is, it overshadows us. I mean, it's, it's amazing that God walks with us through these valleys and we don't have to view them the same as people who are uninformed about eternity do. We don't grieve the same way. Now, when he talks about information, we all have information. We have bits and pieces of information. We've, we've all been informed. You might've been informed through a master's degree. You might've been informed through Google, right? You can get informed in a lot of different ways and we all have bits and pieces. Experience, opinions, knowledge that we have gained uh, things that we have been taught mentors that have invested into us but the problem is every one of us although we have some information all of us in some way are not are are misinformed or we are uninformed not not all of us have all of the information all the time We, we we don't understand all things about everything now, now, God has infinite knowledge. He knows all things about everything, right? And so we're on this journey of learning more His word and understanding who He is and how life works. We're we're always learning and growing as we move along in life, but none of us have the infinite wisdom that, that God has. And so there's a humility that we have to approach our beliefs with and say, God, teach me, help, help me know what I need to know. And that's why He's given us His written word so that we can be informed. Uh, I came across an, another great quote from a Christian apologist. He said, to sustain the belief that there is no God, atheism has to demonstrate infinite knowledge, which is tantamount to saying I have infinite knowledge, that there is no being in existence with infinite knowledge. And I have to laugh at that because it's pretty funny. It's, it's like, you know, for, for someone to say, well, I, I know that there is no God. What they're saying is, is I know everything. I, I know absolutely everything, a- including the fact that there's no God who knows everything. It's like it, it doesn't actually make logical sense when you think about it like that. Because if you to say well, I, there actually is no God, it means you have to literally know everything. So you know everything about our universe and about the world, and you, you can you can for sure know that there is no God. No, of course you you can't. And, and my point in bringing this up, why are you bringing this up, is it, is because even atheism claiming that there's no God, it's a choice. It's it's a belief. Everybody functions on beliefs. Right? And, and all of us choose different beliefs based on our information, the information that we have and the information we don't have. And so a, as we gain information in life, we make belief choices. And as we make belief choices, we experience the consequences of those beliefs. We take action on those beliefs. So if I believe there's no God, then I'm going to function in a certain way as if there was no God, and I'm going to experience the consequences of that. You, know that. you know, when I experience death, that's it. It's final. It's over. You know, there's nothing in the afterlife to look forward to. There's, there's no hope in that. There's really no joy in that. It's just this short existence and whatever joy that I can find in this life here now, but then when it's over, it's done. Right? But, but it's still ultimately a choice. And of course, we know that the believing in God, it, it always requires choice. And some people, they, they, they're hung up on not believing or that they wanna be more in, they wanna cross the line, but they're waiting for, for God to prove himself to them. God, if you could just prove it, if I could just factually and intellectually know that you are God and that, that everything that you say is true, then I will believe. But the reality is, is that everything that we place faith in, is, it's a choice. And all of us have faith whether it's faith in nothing exists in the afterlife, or there is no God, that's a faith choice. That's a choice to believe something. Or if it's belief in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came and gave his life for us. I mean, all of these things, they're they're choices. Here's my point. Every belief is a choice. As we're talking about belief and ultimately eternity and then hope, we have to understand that every belief is a choice. Fundamentally, it's a choice. And, And when you choose to believe in Jesus, he brings hope into your life because you see things from a radically different perspective. You recognize that this life is not all that there is. There's, so much, there's something so much greater. And, and beliefs that lead to action that, that ultimately deliver hope, that's, that's what God offers you, to be informed and ultimately to be transformed. Now, some people, when they're not sure what to believe, and, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping this is helpful to you, but, but it also might be helpful to someone that you know and care about that doesn't believe in God. And it might be someone you've tried to share your faith with. And so I hope you'll take notes on this stuff today because it might be someone in your life that, that, that is struggling to believe, right? And maybe they, they want to believe and, and you want to help them. It might be a parent, a child, a friend. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes people, they want to know, is, is Christianity true? And, and so to, to do some crazy things, like, like, I'm just going to Google it. Like, what does Google say? Is, is Christianity true? And I'm going to look at it or, or I'm going to go study all the religions of the world to see if Christianity is true. And, and, and all these things you, you can do, but But here's what I think is is a better way to do. If if you're trying to find out if something is true, look at the thing itself, right? If you're trying to discover, is this thing true? Is it real? Is it legit? Look first, look at the other thing. You can go do all the other stuff, but first look at the thing itself. Do a deep dive on it. Like find out what it says about itself. If it's a belief, a religion, whatever it might be, take a good look at it and, and, and say, is Is this true? And Christianity claims to be true. Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed a lot of really dynamic and crazy, amazing things, right? So, so take a good look at what he actually said. Go to the Bible. Read the Bible. What does it actually say? Read it all the way through. Study it. You know, take a good look at Christian apologetics. Look at Christian archaeologists. Look at Christian uh, intellectuals and, and, and Christian theologians and, and ask what, what they are saying about God. Like study what Christianity itself says about itself, what it actually claims, right? So look at the thing itself to determine if it's true before you go look at all these other sources. But I think what some people do is they fill their minds with all kinds of distractions because there's there's a desire to know more. And so they start going down rabbit trails and they get misinformed on a lot of different things and it makes it more confusing for them. But first start, you can, you can, you're welcome to go look at all these other things too, but first start with Christianity itself. There's two people I wanna give you an example. That did this and, and the impact on their life um, both of them were skeptics they weren't sure that christianity was true in fact they both wanted to prove it was wrong one's name was c.s lewis and he wanted to prove that, that christianity was not true and so he started reading through the bible and he read through the bible and after reading through it he became absolutely convinced that it was true and chose to place his faith in jesus for his own salvation and then he spent the rest of his life Writing is one of the greatest Christian authors of all time Spent his life writing classics like Mere Christianity, which is a great book. If you or someone you know is, is investigating faith and trying to get deeper in your faith and why do I believe what I believe and just trying to get some real meat on those bones, it's a great book, Mere Christianity. And he talks about you know, why we can have faith and trust and Jesus and and then another one is named Lee, Lee Strobel and his, his wife started attending a church up in the Midwest and and he was a journalist in Chicago and he he, he thought me I don't want her going to church I don't believe in all this stuff and so he'd go and sit in the back row and and he, kind of a, as a skeptic a journalist he, he's like I'm gonna prove that this whole thing is a farce I'm gonna prove that this whole thing is untrue, and so he started researching it like a journalist he started investigating the claims of Christianity the claims of the Bible he came away believing that this was absolutely true. A very smart man who investigated, trying to prove it was wrong, he came to the conclusion, this is true by looking at the thing itself as someone who didn't believe, who was trying to prove it wrong. He went away and wrote some great classics like The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for For Easter or the resurrection. You can go read these books and read through his analytical mind and factual analysis and here's why you should believe and why these things make so much sense and here's a logical way of approaching it. So if that's what you or a friend of yours is hung up on, go go do the research. Look at the thing itself. Look at those who have studied what they say. See, Billy Graham said that the Bible is, is like a lion. God's word is like a lion. You don't need to defend it. Just turn it loose and it will defend itself. Like, take a good look at it. God claims some amazing things some big things in this word and it's backed up not only by archaeology but but even secular historians and there's the, the bible has never been proven wrong or proven in contradiction of itself it's amazing in it's historicity but also the life transforming power evidenced by millions of changed lives from god's powerful word so, so every belief is a choice but there is a difference between uninformed choice an informed choice. Make sure that you have informed your faith decision. Make sure that you have filled the gaps and, and that you're growing and learning from, from the Lord himself, from his word, and those who know him and have walked with him. Let's take that step first, because every belief is a choice. And if I choose to follow Jesus, he offers endless hope, endless hope. I don't have to grieve like the rest of the world does. And, and, and Dan Reynolds here in the song, it's He's grieving, but he's yeah. uncertain, it seems like, and his faith decision and where he's at with everything, and so it leaves a bit of ambiguity and uncertainty and and i and I really don't know what's going to happen and it's it's hard for him to place his faith in something that he can't see. But I was kind of think about this, you know, having faith in things we can't see because, you know, a lot of us, you know, on our commute back and forth to work, you know, we, we see the construction cones, right? You know, down that road by your house and there's the roads all tore up on, on one of the lanes and they got the cones out and they're, they're repairing it. They're repaving it. But they, they decide, especially here in Florida, because it's hot during the day, they decide to, to work on it at night. So they'll pull out their big lights and their trucks and they'll go and get a bunch of work done when there's not traffic, it's safer, it's, the, the temperature's better, and they just make a lot of progress. But, but then they get it all cleaned up and then about the time the cars start rolling in to work the next morning, they got it all cleaned up and they're home sleeping. Right? So, so every day you take this journey to work and you, you see the, the construction cones, you don't see anybody working, but every day you, know, you see progress. Right? On Tuesday, you see more of the road was fixed and, and paved than what was there on Monday. And on Thursday and on Friday, there's, there's more progress than there was on Tuesday. And, and clearly something is happening here. I see the evidence of it, even though I never see anyone working. Every, every time I get in that car and drive to work, I, I see that there's been progress. There's been a change, even though I never saw the change itself it's very possible to to believe in something even though you don't see it. And, and some of us, we have a hard time with, with faith and being all in because we, we don't see it. We can't hold it in our hand. But God says, look at the evidence that's all around you. Look at my hand that's at work, his invisible hand that's powerfully at work and transforming lives and creating this beautiful and intricate world. I mean, for me, it would take more faith to believe that this amazing world that God made was an accident that came out of nowhere in billions of years of evolution. I, mean, I just can't believe that. I just, I can't understand how this amazing world and the complexity of even a single human being could be an accident out of nothing, out of nowhere. But, but it's, but it's always faith, right? I mean, it's always faith to choose. You get to choose. God lets you choose what you believe. I heard one person say, you know, like those who question miracles are like, like the virgin birth, for example, like, you know, Mary gave birth to Jesus, even though she was a virgin. And that's a an important part of our theology because, all humans, as they're born, they're born into sin, right? And, and, and Jesus was born of a virgin. He didn't have that same disease of sin in his life. And that's why, one of the reasons why he could be our, our savior. And, and, and so it's an important part of the theology. It's the Bible claims that he was born of a virgin, but some people can't get their head around some of those miracles like that in the Bible. Like, I don't know if I believe in miracles. But I heard one person say that, that everybody has to believe in miracles. You, know, you, you either believe, can believe in the virgin birth or you can believe in the virgin birth of the cosmos, <laughs> that everything we see just came out of nothing. You just have to choose your miracle. The truth is everything that we believe or don't believe, it it comes down to a faith decision. And my question for you is, where is your faith decision leading you? And it's a great question you can propose to your non-believing friends. Like, where where does it lead you? Where does it lead you when it comes to death? Well, I I don't believe in anything, so where does that leave you? Well, I just, I guess that's it. You know, I, I I don't really have hope beyond here. So, so your choice leaves you with no hope. Would it be worth investigating the alternative? Because I'm, the alternative claims that there's infinite hope, right? That, that things don't end in finality and death and it's over, but they end in eternal bliss and pleasure in God's presence. John chapter five, verse 24. Jesus says these amazing words. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes... Believes Places their faith in me. Those who choose to believe, those who believe in me, he says, uh, they believe in and him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So by believing, you are receiving this eternal life in, in our Savior. Belief is powerful. It leads to eternal life. He says it satisfies the judgment of God, and it, ha- it has us crossed from death to life. There's the eternal transformation. It says, whoever, whoever believes, right? I mean, and, it, and it comes through hearing. It comes through hearing. Look, look at God's word and says it the same way in, in Romans chapter 10. Look at Romans 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news." This is the story of of the gospel, that if we believe and receive Jesus into our life, our eternity and our life here and now will both be transformed. And And it comes, this faith, this believing, comes through hearing the word of God whether it be preached to us or our own personal study, as we hear the word of God, then then we believe. And and it asks a great question. How will will we hear the word if it's not preached? And how will there be preaching if preachers aren't aren't sent? I I love this, and it kind of reminds me of of our vision here at Church Experience to, to send preachers and churches into communities and plant and multiply God's kingdom through planting churches and expanding and building You know, the the preaching and hearing of God's word in our world, I think it's such an important thing. I pray about that vision every single day that God will will, will send leaders, that he will send financial resources, that that God will empower us and help us to build his kingdom for his glory, for the name of Jesus, to lift his name high. It's such an important mission and Jesus commissioned you and I to, to do this. Those of us who believe, to go into all the world making disciples, more believers, those who choose to place faith in Jesus and teaching them to obey everything he's commanded, teaching them these beliefs that he's given us and how to live them out. It's, it's such an important calling that you and I have. But, but many are, are, are misinformed so they don't know this hope that we have. They don't experience this hope that we have. Um, my, my boys the other day just made me laugh so hard. They're, they're just hanging out in our living room and, and my oldest son said to my second oldest son, he, he, he goes, Jalen uh, said, hey, Kylan, who's the most famous person that you know? <laughs> and we're a basketball family, so Kylan started to say Michael Jordan, but before he could get the Jordan all the way out, he says, Michael Jordan, Jalen just said, God. <laughs> he's like, he's like, as soon as he said it, it like, yeah, you got me beat. God is definitely the most famous person there is. Like, no question, right? You know, sometimes we're, we have this answer in our mind, like we think we understand, right, the way things are. We, we think we have truth in our mind, but the reality is, is, we're not fully informed. But what truth does when we see truth, when we hear truth, it just stops us dead in our tracks. It's like, I have my answer, but no, you're right. That's, that's a better answer. And, and that's what's amazing about God's word. It does corrective surgery on us when we get misaligned and we start buying into some of the lies in the world. We start to, to get off track. We start to follow a different path because we're misinformed or uninformed. And we start to go a certain way thinking, man, this is going to give me hope. This is going to bring joy into my life. This is going to deliver peace. And we start to go down that road. And as we go down that road, when we get into God's word and we hear preaching or we we study his word, we're realigned to truth. It it corrects us. Well, I I, I thought I was confident in this path, but actually, actually God has a better way. He has a better way. So, So truth, it corrects our firmly held misinformation. And sometimes we can firmly hold on to misinformation and it takes truth to break apart those lies. That's, that's why I'm a big believer in getting our friends to church, inviting them. Just, if you could just get them there, send them the message, forward it on the YouTube link, just, hey, check this out, listen to this, because it's when, when we hear God's word, right? When we're misinformed, it, it can shatter the lies of the enemy and help us to see truth clearly, which ultimately can bring more hope into our life. Here, here's the lesson. Hearing truth plus embracing faith equals a rising hope. Hearing truth plus embracing faith, so making that choice based on what I've heard, that's what brings hope into my life. So if you're lacking hope, if you're grieving, you're struggling, embrace faith based on what you believe, which comes from what you hear. And that's why it's critical that you hear preaching, that you, you study God's word on your own as well, that you, you get your family and friends and those you care about to, to hear God's word, bringing your children into a church to be raised around God's word. It's so important. It's so critical. But when we lack this conviction that comes through belief in God's word, life can really be uncertain. It can really be uncertain. For example, here's, here's some lyrics from Dan's song. He says, I've got this feeling in my soul, feeling like a boulder hurtling, seeing all the virtual vultures circling. He says, it's based on this feeling. I have this uncertain feeling, and it's kind of like this boulder's crashing towards me, and the vultures are circling, and life is going to be over, but I'm not sure what's going to happen when it's over. There's a lot of uncertainty that comes when we don't have firmly held beliefs, and if the influential voice in your life that's informing your beliefs is not God's voice, then it ultimately leads to uncertainty. If you have an appliance breakdown in your house, you might call it a appliance repair person, and and they'll say, hey, I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to come on Friday, and it's going to be between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. They'll they'll give you a window, and they're going to let you know about when they'll be there, but they won't give you an exact time because they're going to two or three other people's houses and fixing their appliances. They don't know what they're going to get into when they get there, but they got you on the list. They're they're coming your way, and so so you know that they're coming. You just don't know when they're going to get there. You don't know how it's going to work out, but you know that they're going to come and it's going to get fixed, and I think this is exactly how so many, unfortunately, pursue eternal life. I've talked to many people who don't have faith in Jesus, many of them, they approach their eternity like this. You know, I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know when I die, whenever that is, I, I just believe that it's all going to work out in the end. You know, it's like, I, I just think that, the, that there's a heaven, there's a God up there. I don't, I don't understand him. I don't know him, but I believe that it's all going to work out. You know, we're all going to end up in a better place. It's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it because it's going to work out. And it's this, this uncertainty, like a belief that something's going to happen, but this uncertainty in what and how and when. The problem with that is Christianity, which is over time tested, over time has been the most believed on path of faith in our world even today. It's not only the largest religion, but it has proved itself time and time again. Life after life, millions and millions of lives. And and this this way, Christianity, the Bible, which you can study the historicity of the Bible and the the credibility of the Bible and so much about it and what it claims about God, this trusted source about God, what it claims is very different than this ambiguous it's all gonna work out in the end. In fact, it presents two very different pictures of of what the end ultimately looks like. I I just wanna give you two final verses today uh, to kind of compare and contrast what these two different outcomes are that are very certain. One of them is in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. Look at, look at the clarity on this and what life looks like in the end. It says, He, God, will, will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of His might on the day he comes to be glorified in his in his holy people and to be marveled at among those who have believed this includes you because you believed our testimony to you it says there will be a day when when Jesus comes back and and those who believe and those who don't believe will be separated and, and those who chose not to believe and not to obey God it says they will be shut out into everlasting destruction separation from god 's presence yeah I heard one person say that, that God will not force those who reject him in this life to spend eternity with him forever. He won't force you to do it. So if you reject him here, you're rejecting him for all of eternity. The Bible's really clear about that. But on the other hand, in the book of John, in a much more uplifting passage, encouraging passage, John chapter 14, look at verse one, Jesus' own words. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. (laughs) Jesus elsewhere says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He says, there's this beautiful place, and I've prepared this place for you. I have a room for you. If you will choose to believe in me, I'm the way there. There's no other way. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And people say, well, that's that's so exclusive. Why, Why does he say there's no other way? And I've shared this before, but I love Andy Stanley's comment on this. That what, what could be more fair? Those who complain, it's, it's not fair that there's just, Jesus has said there's just one way. What could be more fair? He says, you know, the price has already been paid. Right? It's, it's free. Everybody comes the same way. There's not a certain way for some and a different way for others. Is everybody comes the same way and everyone is welcome. Everyone's invited to come. So, so everyone is welcome that the mission price has been paid through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, right? The, the, and everyone is welcome to come on this same path through Jesus to the Father. But he says there's no other way. He, he makes it crystal clear. And, and, and this is so important. And here's the final lesson. God's word brings clarity to my confused thoughts. It's so important that we know, know God's word because it brings clarity, brings clarity to my confused thoughts. Dan Reynolds, elsewhere in the lyrics of the song, he says, give me, give me, give me some time to think. I'm in the bathroom looking at me. And you just kind of picture him standing in the mirror and he's lost people he loves. He doesn't know where they're gonna go. He doesn't know if he's gonna be able to join them, what that's gonna look like. There's kind of some ambiguity about all that. And he wants to believe, he wants to trust that there's life after death. But he says, give me some time to think. I, I don't know where I stand, I don't know what I believe. And this is where a lot of our, our, our family and friends are. And, and it's, it's, our, it's our responsibility to study and know God's word, to, to always know how to give an answer to, to those who ask why we believe so that they can have the same hope that we have. And, and how we grow our hope and share the hope of Jesus is to know God's word, to know what we believe, to study it. So my question for you today is this, are, are you taking seriously God's word? This amazing gift that you have available to you now, more than ever before in human history, I have it available on your phone that you carry around with you, you have access to it freely here in our country. Thank God. But, but are, are you taking advantage of this great gift of truth, of God's word? Are, are you taking advantage of that, studying it so that your beliefs can be strengthened and your faith can grow? Well, whatever, whatever you go through in life, you can know that God will walk with you through it, that he will never leave you, that, that he sees us in our, in our grieving, he sees us in our, our adversity, in our, our challenges, our hardships, but he'll never, ever give up on us. Before I pray over you, I got to tell you this amazing story. We were down in Cape Coral uh, during that hurricane disaster relief with our church, a big missions trip, a bunch of us serving food, running chainsaws, um, hauling debris. It was just a powerful time. But while we were down there, we, we couldn't keep up with the line. There was dozens of people all throughout the day in line for the hot food that we were serving. A lot of people hadn't had hot food all week because their power had been out after Hurricane Ian came through, and, and so they were just lined up for, for warm hamburgers, and we, we couldn't keep up with the demand, so we took several runs to one of the only places that was open in that area serving food, and that was McDonald's, and they were open, but they had a very limited menu, and they, they'd serve double cheeseburgers, and that was about the only kind of burger you could get, but uh, we went by, and we, we ordered bags of them, multiple bags, like fifty. Per bag, just to go feed people, and so uh, it was my job to, to go do one of these runs. And I, I, I went and got the bag. They handed it to me, and I was <laughs> overwhelmed by the weight of 50 double cheeseburgers. I put them in the in the passenger seat and started headed back to where we were serving these meals in front of the theater that our church is renting for our CE Cape Coral Campus. And and as I'm on my way back to the to the church there, I I, I got a phone call from a guy named Frank in our church, and he was there on the missions trip. And he said, "Hey Brandon, I just want to let you know before we went out into the neighborhoods." They'll cut down trees. I, I saw a homeless guy there in the parking lot of the theater. And there's a little bus depot, a little shelter where people wait on the bus. And he, I saw him laying there. Could you could you just stop by and see if he's still there and check on him? I just want to make sure that he's taken care of. And I, I, I didn't see the bus depot. I didn't see the homeless guy. But I said, yeah, man, I'll, you got it. I'll, I'll, I got you. I'll, I'll take care of it. So. I hung up and i drove into the parking lot of the theater and i'm driving around looking for the bus depot and sure enough it's there in the back of the parking lot and i, I pull over to it and i get out and there's a homeless guy laying there on, on on the ground and he's got all his stuff with him there's flies circling it's not a pretty sight but nothing in the city is in good shape right now i mean the whole place is torn up and we're trying to meet needs but here's one right here right here in front of us a guy whose life really is in ruins he shared a little bit about his his journey with me but i said man do, do, do you need food and I figured, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a couple burgers. And so I, I gave him a handful of these double cheeseburgers and I gave him some water and we had a, a good opportunity. I told him about what we were doing and, you know, offered, offered to help. And, and, but I, I thought about that as I, as I, as I drove away and went back to the action of serving the people we were serving. And I thought about how, wow, I never even saw this guy I drove right past him. And I was on my way to do something good, but I, I, I missed a great need right there in front of me. And I, I was think, thinking about how God, he sees us laid out in our greatest needs and our brokenness and. And, and others m- might drive right by and not even see us, but that the call I got, I think ultimately it was from a person who saw him, but ultimately it was from God who saw someone in need and he knew that there was someone who had resources that this person needed. And he, and he said, hey, I, I need you to go here and help these people who are in need. And, and I was just thinking how amazing God is. When we place our faith in him, we trust in him and we get hope. He knows the people in our lives, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces that that need what we have, this amazing hope, this knowledge of truth that delivers hope into our lives, that delivers peace, that delivers forgiveness, that delivers eternal life ultimately. We have this hope in Jesus, and God knows those around us that need that same hope. And so when your eyes are open to this amazing truth, what God next does is He opens your eyes to the brokenness around you. And he starts to send you on mission with him. And he says, hey, there's there's one of my children over here that needs some help. And sometimes it is practical help, financial help. But the greatest help that we can offer the world is the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel that transforms and changes the human condition and the human soul like nothing else can. And so I want to encourage you to, to press into your faith this year, to, to, to learn more about your beliefs and study it aggressively every day, make it in a pattern, not just on Sundays, but, but every day to seek out God's word and his truth and learn and grow so that you can offer what this world is starving for, a, a meal of nutrition based on faith in Jesus Christ that satisfies the hunger of our souls. That's my hope for us as a church, is that we can become more passionate in this year ahead about pursuing God's presence and pursuing his word so we can be more aggressive in sharing his word with the world. That's my hope for you. And ultimately, hope in Jesus Christ is the fruit of having faith in him. By choosing to believe in him, our faith rises. Right on, right on. Hey, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the hope that we can have in you. It's not based on a wish, but it's based on on true hope, true faith belief in in your word and what you say is true. God, we thank you that that your word is true. We thank you that it's the perspective that we can see life through. And I I pray that we'd be diligent to pursue your word, God, to study it, to know what it is that you want us to know so that, God, we can be missionaries for you here in our community and beyond. Father, I, I pray that you would, Help us to have any of the, the misinformation in our life, the, the ways of the world that we have bought into without even knowing it. May our eyes just be open to that, the, that misinformation so we're not uninformed, so that we can be informed on your ways. God, may we pursue you and look to you. And God, I pray for anyone who's heard this message today that, that might have had doubts or be wrestling with you know, their belief. I, I pray that God, they would take the next step to investigate you, to look to you, Jesus, yourself, and your claims about who you were and your life and what you did. And God, we pray that their eyes will be opened so that they can see you through your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, so much for opening our eyes to truth. May we go this, this week and be agents of hope in our world to share the message of Jesus. It's in his powerful name we pray. Amen.
1: Before our Usher team comes forward to receive our tithes and offerings and response cards, here's a few important things happening with our CE family. God created each of us with unique gifts and talents. You can help build his kingdom by using your gifts and talents to serve him and others on a serving team. This is a great way to make some friends as you are serving alongside others. To find out more information on how you can get involved with serving at CE, check the serving teams bubble on your response card. You can make a difference in your community. On Sunday, November 13th, we will be collecting food for those in need at every CE campus. We'll be distributing food to local food banks to help those in need in our communities. If interested, you can pick up an empty Unleashing Compassion Bag after services next Sunday, November 6th. As our ushers come forward to collect our response cards and receive our tithes and offerings, Lives are being transformed through Jesus every week because of the consistent financial generosity of God's people. You can give in the offering bucket in the service or set up automated recurring giving online through our website or our app. When you set up a recurring gift, it helps you be consistent in your giving to God and helps your church have consistent support needed to advance our mission. Regardless of how you give, Thank you for your faithfulness to God through our church. Thank you for being on mission with us to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
0: Time today, worshiping and learning with you. You may have made a commitment during the service and we'd love to have you reach out to us. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, go to churchexperience.com connect or scan the QR code on the screen. Want to get even more connected? Check out our CE social media, Instagram, Facebook, website, or app, or go ahead and hit that subscribe button right here. What a great day it's been. Can't wait to see you next week.